Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I'm Terrence Oglesby of Bally Sports South, also the Field of 68 Network. He talks a lot around ball, professionally, here in the city of Charlotte, but also college hoops. Terrence Oglesby now joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Terrence, how are you doing, man? We appreciate the time. Gentlemen, thank you again for having me. I hope all is well. Absolutely, Terrence. We uh, are hoping that the Hornets can play a little defense. So is Steve Clifford. We'll get to that in just a moment. I did want to ask you, though, because it's been a little bit, given the holidays and whatnot, since we've talked to you, how has life been in your eyes for the Charlotte Hornets post that LaMelo ball injury that's kept him out a couple weeks or a little over a week, I should say? You know what? The interesting thing is, especially starting with that game against Brooklyn, this team offensively over the last few games has done a lot of really good stuff. And, you know, it's funny how it works. Like, your defense wasn't working the first couple of weeks of the season or the first month of the season, or your offense wasn't working, and then you flip up, and now the ball moves a little more, and now the offense starts clicking, and now the defense isn't good enough. So it's like we got to find a way to, to – you know, everybody likes this phrase, complimentary football. Mm-hmm your defense has to match your offense. And with the way Charlotte plays, moving the basketball and trying to play quickly, you almost wonder, is it better defensively to try to speed it up, maybe get out in the passing lanes a little more? Those are some of the things that Clifford will tinker with, right? Uh, as far as you know, guarding and being disciplined and all that stuff, look, it, it, the biggest thing for me when I watch the Hornets is a lot of those guys ended up getting stuck on the ground and falling down. And when they go in and they don't make the shot and they fall down, you're at an immediate disadvantage. And the NBA players are so good, they're just able to finish five-on-four situations with consistency. So don't end up on the ground. Make sure you're back on defense, at least where you can set up, and then give yourselves a chance. That's kind of what I've been saying. Well, and Steve Clifford, he mentions all the time about getting back in transition, transition defense mattering so much. He also really focused on the lack of physicality they brought to the Minnesota Timberwolves after the loss 123 to 117. And that's been a pretty consistent message from him this year. He just was really frustrated by it. Didn't take any questions after the game against Minnesota. <laughs> Terrence, is that something that you can, how much can you work on that? How much of that is just an innate personality trait? And how much of that is something you can work on as the season goes on? I, you know what the hard part was, was outside of Rudy Gobert's why he end up having six or seven dunks during the course of the game? A lot of that stuff was empty ball screen sides to where there wouldn't be a chance to, for help to be over, and they would get stuck last minute on a lob, and there'd be nobody there. Um, a, lot of, a lot of times, I, when it comes to physicality, I'm not really sure uh, what you're supposed to do because the NBA is so reliant on freedom of movement. So is he talking about when the shot goes up? Is he talking about... Uh, you know, on the ball, is it when guys are cutting? Are you supposed to be, you know, more physical on cutters? They just, they, they don't necessarily allow that. And, you, you know, you can go about it a couple of different ways. You can be really aggressive when the shot goes up and then hope the referees don't call everything. Or you could be aggressive and physical the entire time, like the Miami Heat, and just know that they can't call everything. So it's kind of find, finding that balance to where, how, how aggressive and physical are you going to be in order to, one, stay completely out of foul trouble, and two, be able to compete on a nightly basis? 
Terrence, when you look at this Hornets team, they're shooting 45% from three in their last seven games. That's the best seven-game span of anybody in the league this season, and they're three and three in their last six. Does this how much does this excite you as far as the shooting seeming like it's starting to come back? And do you think that they're going to be able to sustain this uh, even without LaMelo Ball? I think they can sustain it as long as the ball continues to move. I think that's the biggest thing uh, with this Hornets team. If they get stuck, and I call them no-pass jacks, where guys just dribble it down, don't pass, and then shoot a three, that's the most frustrating play in all of basketball. If they, if they cut out the no-pass jacks or the one-pass jacks, then I think the Hornets are going to be able to shoot it because if that ball move, moves, that means the defense is moving. And then they'll, if not score on attacking a closeout, they'll at least be able to start a set of rotations that ends up most of the time with a shot. Uh, it, it all comes down to the quality of shots. You can't control whether it goes in or not, but you've got to get the quality of shot that you want. And over the last, what would you, what would you say, seven games, they've been able to do that. All right, Terrence. Biggest no-pass jack you ever played against in college. Who was the guy that comes to mind? Call him out right now, uh, 10 years ago or so in ACC basketball. Oh, man. Um, I got three. Okay, yes. Uh, I want more. Uh, I want more. Um, so it depends on what mood he was in, but Grievous Vasquez could be like that at Maryland. Okay. He's totally Tony Douglas at Florida State was a just a, he was a no pass Jack guru, and then Jack McClinton at Miami. Those are that is excellent. Those are all Those are three. three great names. Excellent ACC. This is what we do best here, I believe. Like we love living in nostalgia of old ACC basketball players. All three of those were great, Terrence. <laughs> all three could play and all three could score and. and if you're going to no pass Jack, your mm-hmm. coach better have some faith in you. And all three of those guys were really good. Yeah. So Terrence, uh, when Walker talked about the comments that Coach Clifford made, and and I took it, it sounded like he was calling them soft in so many ways. And what is it about this team where you feel like no matter what Coach Clifford does, they just can't seem to buy in enough consistently to be able to get the things done with the defense and the rebounding and the being physical that Coach Clifford is asking for. You know what? I think uh, that's such a loaded question. It, it, you're, you're dealing with a, a young five man. Your backup five is young. So Mark Williams and Nick Richards are both young guys. Uh, you've got a guy in Brandon Miller who doesn't know how to play defense inside of 12 feet. He just doesn't know how. Like the, uh, If he's guarding out on the perimeter at the three-point line and guarding guards that aren't going to put their back to him, he's awesome defensively. Awesome. When guys post him up, it's pretty brutal, and you don't. And it's not that he's not trying; it's that he simply doesn't know what to do. <laughs> so that's one of the things, you know. Coach Clifford's always been big on getting your vitamins before practice. I think post defense needs to be one with him. Uh, as far as you know, as if it's not connecting, I'm curious at who he's irritated with because, you know, the Timberwolves have a lot of guys, and they come up with a lot of easy shots. Uh, especially empty side ball screens were the thing that stuck out the most. And if you communicate more, you're naturally going to be better defensively. That's kind of the only place I can find it, guys. I mean, they scored, you know, at the beginning of the season, they were struggling to score 104, 105 points a game, first two, three games. Now they're scoring 120 and they're still losing. So it's like, what, what's kind of the anchor point? Uh, are, is the defense and the op- offense matching? Is, so I, I don't really know where you go from there. And then, Terrence, last thing I've got for you, Miles Bridges averaging 20 and a half points, shooting at a 50, 40, 80 clip right now. Do you think he continues this play and your thoughts on how he's been so far? 
Yeah, he's he, he's been awesome. There's no other way around it. And, and he provided the Hornets some versatility in how they can attack you. Uh, that's, he's one of the main reasons why they're so much better on offense because his ability uh, to really – he can play so many different positions because he's so naturally strong that he can guard fours with consistency. And then on the other end, when the fours are guarding him, he's fast enough to get by him. And if not make it around the rim, at least create enough attention to where guys collapse and they're finding more ways to score as a unit simply with him being on the floor. Uh, he, he's been really, really good. I don't see it slowing down for any particular reason. He's just um, – and the crazy part is, is this is after taking 580-something days away from playing between games. And he's come back and averaging 20 points in the NBA. It's, it's crazy to even think about. Terrence, I can't get you out of here before a college basketball question because Duke off to what would be a slow start, 5-3. and three. My question to you is, is there any concern from you? How much concern is there about Duke basketball so early in the season? I think Duke is a top 25 team. I, I, I don't know if they're a Final Four team this year. I, I think having, what was it, two years ago, Mark Williams, and then one year ago, Derek Lively, those two guys were so good protecting the rim. They don't have that this year. And it, it's not to say that Sean Stewart can't. It's just he's not the same intimidating presence that those past two were. And what happens is you play this Duke team, who's so reliant on pressure defense, getting up the line, creating turnovers, you're going to get beat at times. And what happens if there's nobody sitting back there waiting on you or waiting on that defense, you're basically giving a wide open lane for 30% of the possessions. There's nobody there to contest shots. And Kyle Filipowski is a good offensive player. He's not the most explosive defender around the rim. I worry about Duke's rim protection moving forward for the rest of the season because, quite frankly, if you look at their three losses, uh, Arizona, uh, Omar Balo, and guards who could get to the rim. Uh, Georgia Tech had Bayon Dongo, who's a freshman who was awesome around the rim, eight and nine from two, and really boarded well. Like it, it those are the teams that are beating this Duke team. So y- you wonder if you attack the rim, can you beat them with consistency? So far, we've been able to see that's true. That's Terrence Oglesby somewhere. He's talking basketball. Hornets live, ESPN, Fox, Bally, NBA TV, the field of 68. CBS Sports Network. I, I think I got it all. There's so many places he's talking basketball. <laughs> you can find him on Twitter, by the way, at T underscore Oglesby 22. We appreciate it, Terrence. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Appreciate you. Thanks, guys.